Mr. Pop. Americans love a set of boobs, an American flag, and a bit of blood. What more do you want? This is Rock and Roll, your weekly shot of sport and music with Kevin Hillier, Brian Mannix, and Mark Fine. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to Rock and Roll, the podcast with a schooner of sport, a mug of music, and an ocean of made-up tales, fabrications, and shark droppings. And with that in mind, may I introduce someone who nearly became shark dropping. My name, incidentally, is Kevin Hillier, but someone who nearly became shark droppings very recently, the one and only Brian Mannix. You want me to kill the shark? (laughs) Head... Tail, oh god, damn thing! But it's not going to be for no two thousand dollars, Chiefy. No, you'll be on whatever. Yeah. Yes. Okay. G'day, Kev. G'day, yeah. uh, Mark. Hello, Finey. How are you? Welcome to the program as well. I'm well. Look, I, I knew this program was about to jump the shark, but I didn't know it was going to jump it <laughs> and land in its mouth. <laughs> <laughs> We couldn't even clear the shark. One of us couldn't even clear that, clear the shark when we jumped it. Brian Mannix taken to hospital with arm wound after shark attack. Shark attack. Brian Mannix was taken to hospital after another ill-fated trip on Sam Newman's boat. <laughs> another ill-fated trip. I'm reading, I, don't he, I don't think he likes me. I'm reading Jackie Epstein's column again. This is becoming yes. a habit. Uh, the boat, of course, is known as angst. Uh, but anyway, I digress. With an unlikely hero coming to the rescue. Oh, God, this just gets worse. <laughs> Seriously. Rock star Brian Mannix was taken to hospital with a bloodied arm after claiming after claiming former footy high fly Warwickapper saved him from a shark attack. <laughs> after being battered and bruised following a fall on Sam Newman Jot before Christmas, Mannix said there was more drama when the crew reunited aboard the 66-foot yacht named Angst on Sunday. How's my luck, Mannix said. Don't even know how it happened. I went swimming and somehow I cut my arm up and the whiz, Kappa, jumped in and got me. Every time I go on a boat, I end up coming home covered in blood. Then they have some pictures in the story. Brian Mannix oh. showing off his injuries with Melissa. Is it pronounced Hoon? Hoon, I think. H U Y N. Yeah. Okay. How's that photo? Like oh, the boobs <laughs> and the American flag. Apparently, um, this story has got picked up in America because of the boobs and the American flag. I am told. Yeah. But anyway. Oh well, Americans love a set of boobs, an American flag, and a bit of blood. What more do you want? That's like really? It's what, what Rambo movies were made of. Exactly. Uh, then there's a, a photo of uh, of Mannix with his saviour, Warwick Kappa, and Miss Hoon. Uh, <laughs> Thanks, Warwick Kappa, for saving my life, Mannix said. Mannix, lead singer of the 1980s band Uncanny X-Men, was joined on the high seas, again by former manager Ricky Nixon and his partner Melissa Hoon, Kappa, aerobics champion Sue Stanley and other friends, including your daughter. Yes. Newman tended to Mannix's injury while on the boat, and now Sam's speaking. It's uncanny how he gets himself into so much strife. See what <laughs> Sam did there? See what Sam did? It's uncanny. I know. It's how a he nice gets... uh, choice of words. He came back with a reasonable gash and bleeding profusely. 
See what Sam did there? No, no, we're not. Sam Newman treating Mannix's bloody darn. There's another little photo in the the story if you want to look it up. (laughs) Newman joked that he would need an ambulance to follow the boat next time Mannix was on board. (laughs) If he ever comes again, I'm just going to let the Coast Guard know to have an ambulance follow us around. People probably jump to conclusions that they're affected by whatever. They are a loud and unruly crowd but very well behaved. <laughs> so how is the, I mean, did you actually get bitten? Um, I don't know what happened, to be honest. <laughs> um, you know, uh, Warwick reckons he saw something, you know, maybe the shark skin thing, but I think uh, really it's a bit of a longbow. There's absolutely no proof that it was a shark. It probably got a little bit out of hand because I got the photo and I said, oh, you know, shark attacked me. Thank God Warwick jumped in the water. And, you know, Warwick did jump in the water, but, you Warwick know. Warwick was going to jump in the water I anyway. I didn't see a shark. I didn't feel a bite. Um, it, you know, it's got a bit gnarly, the, the wound. But, um, yeah, I just think, um, you know, I'm not sure that this story is anchored in facts. <laughs> it, it, it could be, but, um you know, it's um, yeah. Well, I'm someone not sure it's someone alerted me to some vision that's showing uh, that's around at the moment. I haven't seen yet, which is a couple of uh, they call gummy sharks in Sydney actually going off, uh, feasting oh. on some on some stuff. So and they come in in right close to the shore because the waters are all a bit warmer and they've come in a little close to the shore. So um, a similar yeah. thing may have happened in Melbourne. But look, let Brian, no self respecting shark would bite you. Are you kidding? I'm bite size. It's perfect. <laughs> you know, it's like it's not like having the whole salada. You just have the bite size one or the snack size. Uh, but, uh, yeah. Anyway, that's um, yeah. That was. Uh, so, did you go to hospital? Was that part of the story, true? I never made that comment, uh, Kev. Um, you know, um, I think this story is more appealing to those that tell it than. Um, those that lived it, and um, yeah, look, I, look, I don't know. I, I maybe I was, you know, brushed by a shark or something. Warwick reckons he saw something, but um, you know, I think it's probably a better story than it is a fact. Right. Anything bite you this week, Finey, or any uh, any salacious goings on in your life of people jumping in after you to save you in the the last seven days since we last spoke? No, <laughs> but I'm going to rewrite this story. This could be better. Mm, okay. okay. What do you got in mind? Guinea-dipping rocker <laughs> saved from disaster <laughs> by, <laughs> by modern-day Einstein. It's <laughs> 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 genius. We get Russell Crowe to play the same character he played in well, Curious Minds or whatever it was. And he's sitting on a boat doing all his sums and his mate, the rock star, jumps in. Nude. Nude. And he sees a shark and he jumps in to help. That's, that's a great start. That's a beauty. That's, that's, a, a beauty. that's great. And it all happened before the boat left the marina. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to get a lot of trouble. Where's it moored? It's in Kilda, is it? No, it's moored in um, Docklands. Docklands, yeah. Oh, do, yeah. Oh, oh, there's some beautiful boats there. 
Oh, his is magnificent. It's fantastic. What's his second boat, isn't it? Because didn't he didn't he sink the other one? Didn't the other one, you yes, know, yes, die of did. natural causes <laughs> like it drowned? You've got, you've got to get invited on with a different crew. I mean, well. nothing wrong with Ricky and Warwick and whatever, but they, they're leading you down. You know, they're leading you astray. Well, I, you need look, a more I'm, not normally, crowd. I'm not normally a clumsy person or something, but. Um, yeah, every time I get on that boat, I get a little bit injured. For someone who did uh, used to go out on a boat on a fairly regular basis when you were younger, you don't have sea legs at all. No, when I fell over, you could have put a tightrope walker on that boat at that particular moment and he would have been gone. It was nothing to do with unsteady legs. It, right, it was okay. that rocky. No, as Sam said no, no, in the okay. no, interview, no. it's like it suddenly the wind turned and we were sideways and we were anchored. And then, you know, I think when the water's choppy, you put the nose into the chop. But we were left and right with the chop. So, you know, it's, yeah, it's not ideal. Are you on a uh, retainer with Sam uh, that uh, to get his his name in the paper every fourteen days or so? You you booked I'm in again sure for two weeks' time, are you? To me again, but <laughs> I'm not sure he's ever going to speak to me again. Um, yeah, um, you know, yeah, it's probably unwarranted attention that he doesn't need. Mm. Look at me being quiet. <laughs> you're being you're very. Uh, I, I expected you to be far more jumping out of your skin about this one. No, I listened very- to last week's show and I thought, God, shut the hell up, Brian. <laughs> Just let the other two talk for a while. <laughs> so I'm going to be quiet now and you two can chat. No, no, no. We want to talk about uh, any other anything else happened uh, that we should know about, Brian? Uh, you know, we read this one in the paper and, I, I, you know, all of a sudden my, my wife walks out to me yesterday afternoon. I'm sitting on my computer doing some stuff and she goes, well, I suppose you've heard. And I went, what? She said, about Brian. And I went... <laughs> oh, shit, what's happened now? And then she said, well, he's on Sam's boat and he's been attacked by a shark. <laughs> I have to say my immediate reaction was to piss myself laughing um, and then I had a look on Facebook and saw the uh, the extent of the injuries and thought, yeah, okay, fine. There you go. You'll live. Um, it, does, it does very much look like a bite mark. Oh, Okay. Oh. I'm not saying I wasn't attacked by a shark. I well may have been, but to tell you what, if that's the extent of a shark attack, nah, it's not the it's not the end of the do, world. Do, do it's they like call them COVID now? No, it's I don't know. No, I don't know enough about about these things. But um, do they call them gummy sharks because they don't have teeth? They don't yep. have teeth. Okay, yeah. So it wasn't a gummy shark. But if they you got can a still got a really strong jaw, Kev. Oh, okay. Oh, right. They can still. They can. You know, they could break your finger. Give you a particularly nasty suck. Is there a, such a thing? <laughs> Too easy, Mannix. Low fruit. Exactly. Exactly. Goodness me. Oh, well, there you go. So, uh, all right, well, we caught up with all that's all you knew. You don't have anything you haven't, you know, you haven't caught I'm COVID. Fish, I'm going to have fish and chips yes. after this. It's flake. It's a nice piece of flake. Yeah. See how they fucking like it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what has been happening in the last seven days, Finey? What have you been up to? Went to the movies on Sunday night. Oh, yeah. Did you House of Gucci? No. no. No, Brian, put me off that. I'm not I'm not going to see that. Um, what did you see? King Richard. Ah, the oh, Williams sisters. Yeah, it's good. So it's interesting. It's very much about the father and the sisters as young girls. 
but focused much more on because it deals with their um, journey from Compton into the limelight, it's very much more about Venus than Serena. Oh, yeah, of course, yep. They see Venus playing her first matches. Um, the two girls that play the sisters are adorable. All the girls in it are adorable. He becomes more erratic as the movie goes on, which is very true to life. Great acting by Will Smith. I'll say this, that the tennis scenes, so all the tennis action, is magnificent. Oh, really? Because sporting films often stuff that up, don't they? Oh, it's beautiful. It's so – it's great tennis. And the girls – I'm not saying that the two actresses actually are the tennis players – Maybe they're sort of long shot. I don't know. They obviously play tennis, but I don't know how they did it. But all the tennis and there's Arantxa Sanchez Vicario is played by an actress. It's all high-quality tennis. It's great. The tennis is quite compelling and that takes you into the movie, makes it more believable how they hit the ball and very high quality. Um, Are the angles when they're showing the tennis, is it the same as what you'd see if you were watching the tennis? Some of it is on a screen like you're watching it. Others are up close. Others are – it's all right. – the tennis is very, very good in it. It's a long movie. It's a long story. Um, but the reality is that this nutcase – see, he'd already had six children or something. Yeah. yeah. And the, and this is his second or third wife. Or, yeah, I think second wife. She had three girls already. Um. And, you know, he tried a lot of businesses and hadn't done brilliantly at them, but he was a bit of an entrepreneur and he was watching tennis when he met this woman before they had any kids together and he saw Virginia Rizic, this is a true story, the Romanian player. Yeah, I remember her. Playing at Wimbledon or something and she won $40,000 in one, you know, for winning the game. And he said, that's it, I'm going to. If, if I have daughters, they're going to play tennis. And he just decided, even before they were bored, that he was going to have two girls and coach them to become tennis stars. Wow. And, of course, everybody that heard him spruiking them because he was trying to get proper coaches for them to upgrade their coaching and situation just told him to get lost. You're insane. You know, and, you know, everybody whose kid, they said everybody whose kids can hit a ball think they're going to be great. And... One of the major tennis coaches and promoters, you know what he said to him? This is really good. He said, look, I'm just going to explain something to you. To have a a world number one or even a top ten tennis player, that player, that young girl or boy from a very young age has to receive elite coaching every day. Now, these girls have not received that. And he said it's like a, a great violinist First of all, they've got to have a talent that they're born with, God-given, that you can't can't organise. Then they've got to practise every day with the greatest teachers in the world. And then they've got to have the drive to do it. You can't just pick two people and say they're going to do it. You can't do it, mate. It's not – he said, "It's you are telling me that in your house – you not only have Mozart, mm. 
but you have Mozart's more capable younger sister. I mean, he said, you, you, it doesn't make any sense. Nobody has two Mozarts. <laughs> but he did. Uh, yeah, he did, didn't he? You know, Venus was number one. Yeah. And Serena eclipsed her. And, he, and it explains how, because you don't see much of Serena playing in the whole thing because she doesn't, they, they get a coach, but he's only willing to take one of them. And it's Venus, and he doesn't let Serena play any matches or get any coaching. And he pulls Serena aside because she watches Venus play her first match professionally, and she's pretty upset because she's left behind. And he says to her, your sister's going to be number one in the world, but you're going to be the greatest player ever because I've made you hungry by keeping him in the shadows. Good God. Wow. Wow. That's yeah. good. So he was also insane. He did so many crazy things. Is he still alive? Yeah, but he's got advanced dementia. Oh, okay. He's looked after by some son out of wedlock. You know, he's got a lot of kids. Yeah. And he's had wives and, you know, he's strange, very strange bloke. But, you know. Always, kids, always heard a lot about Compton him. Wasn't easy. Yeah, Compton. always, always heard a lot about him, but never saw him because obviously the mother was, was the uh, the matriarch. Yeah, but he, I used to see him at the tennis. He used to hold up crazy signs at okay. the end of the movie. Like, there's so many biogra- biographical movies at the moment, and they all end with the real footage. Yeah, yeah. So there's quite a lot of real yeah. footage at the end, and they show him at tournaments holding up signs like "We're from Compton." <laughs> <laughs> Um, but the one thing really that he did was great was before she played her first professional match, there was such hype about her. No, no, after she played her first game, she beat this girl, Stafford, unranked or whatever, and in the second round she was playing world number one, Sanchez Vicario. So before that game, um, somebody came to her from Nike, the head of Nike promotion, and offered her $3 million to sign on. And her coach, who had coached her for four years, provided a beautiful house for the family, put a fortune in, then never had a cent back, goes, oh, my, because he was on 15%, goes, I'm going to get some money back. And the father says, Venus is going to decide whether it's the three million, but... And she said, no, I don't, I don't want to take it. And the coach, like, <laughs> fell off his seat. He said, that's it. I put up with enough. Um, and so Nike came back an hour before the match and offered her $4 million. Jeez. Now, her first – that game against Sanchez Vicario is famous. You know what happened? She won the first set 6-3. She was up 3-1 in the second. And Sanchez Vicario took a 15-minute toilet break. Uh. And came back and Venus was two. She was only 14. Good God. She went to pieces and didn't win another game and Vicario beat her. Wow. But but within six months, she'd beaten all the top players and signed a contract with Reebok for $12 million. $12 million. Yeah. Jeez. She didn't sign. American dollars. Jeez. That's in, you know, many years ago. That's 27 years ago. Good God. Good God. 
Imagine how much money she would have got to make a porno movie. Oh, stop it, Brian. Hey, did um, yeah. is he a rich man? Did he did he become a rich man out of uh, what the two girls made? No, when he, he didn't want he didn't want money. I mean, they lived much better, whatever. But he 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 was you know showing signs of dementia even then. Some of the things he was doing. Oh, okay. You know, he told people that he was he bought the world like the Sears Tower or something. Yeah. Anyhow, so he. Amazingly, so Serena Williams, arguably the best tennis player. Some people say the greatest sports person of all time, and you can make a case. Mm. So she marries somebody whose wealth completely makes her wealth irrelevant. <laughs> Who'd she marry? Oh, that guy who's, who started Reddit. Oh, that's right. That's right. He's big. He's worth one and a half or two and a half billion dollars. That's right, he is. Yeah, yeah. It's a bit like it's a bit like Tom Brady and uh, and the model that he married, isn't it? She, yeah. Or Miranda Kerr married the Orlando Bloom. No, no, no. She married. No, she got rid of Orlando Bloom. Mm -hmm. She married the guy from Snapchat or another of the billionaires. Yeah. Yep. She doesn't do it for me, Miranda Kerr. She looks like a kid. Okay. Anyhow, I've ruined, the, I've ruined the movie, but I think most people know. The oh, movie. I think we know the story, the story. but it is, and Will Smith, uh, Will Smith won, has won awards for that already, hasn't he? Brilliant! He is so good. You quickly he lose Will Smith. He needed a good movie. He needed a good movie. He's made a few stinkers. Yeah, yeah. Well, he he's, taking, he's work, dragging his kids around. He should never work with Margot Robbie because she always steals the film from him. <laughs> yeah. In focus, yeah. um, Margot Robbie was great, and he was shit. And in Suicide Squad. She was great and he was kind of just, you know, not bad, but just mediocre. So he needed a good film, I reckon. Yeah, yeah. So go. good. I'm glad he's got one because he is a, he's a good talent, but um, I think he just made a couple of shit films or something. I, I actually feel, uh, if you think who the best actors are now, in my opinion. Yeah. Mm. I mean, I always love Kevin Spacey, but, you know, he's never going to get a gig. Yeah, he's good at that playing that asshole guy. Yeah, but he's never going to get another gig because of no, his behaviour. Yeah, well, didn't he get um, pardoned from that? No, no, not not. Did they not found in the... all the texts from the kid, and the kid was obviously no. into it. And not mate, in the... I know somebody who spent a weekend with him in a group party setting, and it's all. He can take me to court. It's all true. It, it, oh, really? In the court of public opinion, was, was yeah. terrible. And in the court of public opinion, he is not. He's persona non grata. And yeah, but he was a great actor. Fine. Oh God, yes. Mm. I don't know that there's, there's young actors like what's his name? I don't know. Um, Cumberbatch or whatever his name is. Oh, he's good. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's good, plays Doctor Strange. Yeah, yeah. No, he's very good. And but, he was in Enigma. That was a great film, too. But it? to me, some of the real good actors are the, the black actors. I, I love Jamie Foxx and I love um, what's his name? Denzel. Oh, you love it. Yeah, Denzel Washington. Yeah. I like Denzel. I think Denzel's oh, brilliant. So I like Morgan Freeman. I always thought Morgan Freeman was an exceptionally good actor. Well, it was we should get him to narrate our program. Yes. Well, it was at that time Kevin decided mm. to ask a question. Yeah. <laughs> no, he's very good. And I mean, go back to James Earl Jones. Speaking of voices, there's the man yeah. with the voice that just. Oh yeah. Whoa. <laughs> Andy Dufresne, the man who crawled through. 
Two yeah. football fields of shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, Jamie Foxx is good too. Jamie Foxx played, he was the one who played Ray Charles, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I loved him in that. Yeah. I loved him in it. He was brilliant. You know, he did all the piano work. Yeah. Yeah, he, he's good. Uh-huh. He's really good. i tell you what I watched. I watched uh, the uh, third series of Afterlife. Ricky Gervais. Oh, a new series. Yeah, third How series. series uh, was, is this just started? Series three dropped on Friday night or oh, okay. uh, Saturday night. Um, worldwide, six episodes. Bloody good. Um, it finishes. Uh, I love the finish. Um, and uh, he's uh, he, he's got a beautiful way of combining all the emotions that you have. You know, you laugh at things, you cry. He's got them all, and he's got them all down pat in this. And and. Having watched the first two series, I really enjoyed the characterisation development and all that stuff. I just really enjoyed it. I, I, re- I love his sense of humour and and uh, he has an ability just to get you, just to just yeah. to, to to get you right where you live with some of the stuff. Um, he does sort of smart comedy, doesn't he? Yeah, but he and he does does comedy that's um, it's not try hard comedy. And and when it is, no. it, when it is, it, it's that it's that tryhard comedy that you and I and and finally all of us do. So it's that real kind of base of stuff. I no, I, I really like the way yeah. it works. I, I, I do, and, and it's a good series. Is it as good as the um, the first two series? Um, gee, that's a hard thing to 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 quantify. Is it too long? I'm not sure yeah. that any anything ever is as good when it goes on. on your initial surprise at the first. It's it's like saying yeah. is the first. Uh, you know, vanilla slice I had as good as the third vanilla slice I had. It, it probably it could be, it could be better made. It could be a, a, a whole lot different. Your feeling about it might be slightly different because you're going again for the third time. Yeah, the character. Yeah, it, 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 there's a couple of new characters in the third series. There's a couple of characters not in the third series that I loved from the earlier ones. Um, mm. Yeah, just it. It's a good show. Uh, didn't I didn't watch it. Thinking about whether it was better or worse or just whatever, I just it. watched it. I just sat down, watched three. What the is first that on night. Stan or what's Netflix? That on Netflix, or yeah. Stan? I watched okay. three the first night and three the second night. They're about twenty odd, twenty five odd minutes each, and the last one's a bit longer. Yeah. Um, but just yeah, it's good. It's really good. Um, well okay, worth watching. Check that out. And it's finished, okay. and that's it. There, there will be no more. He's he's a bit like. Okay. He's one of the, right, another one of those performers. Don't tell me more about the end. I don't want to. No, I'm not telling you anything. Preconceived idea. No, no, I'm just saying that there won't be a third. There will be no, that he said uh, categorically there won't be any more of it. That's it. The, the I watched the first series on the recommendation of Rowan. Yep. Did you enjoy I it? I found it and? slow, glum, annoying, and his character, somebody that I would absolutely f***ing hate in real life. Yeah, no, it, it, the Tony character is, is hard to cop. Very oh, hard hate, to cop. So I didn't like the show. I just found that character as self-absorbed, mired in loss and, you know, the funny moments are, are not funny to me. And, look, I, I thought The Office was maybe close to my favourite comedy. The Brit- I've never watched the American one. So I love The Office. I love, I love, love his... Um, He's sort of brought to life podcasts with Pilkington and, you know, that's the basis of an idiot abroad, you know, just the three of them talking yeah. in the oh, studio. Oh, yeah, okay. yep. Um, and I love his stand-up. His stand-up's really good. I've never you seen know, The tells, Office. He, he tells one of the great jokes of all time. Go on. 
I can't tell it. It's, no, it's I was just going to tell you that he, he said the greatest joke of all time. But it's uh, appalling. Oh, okay. He said, he said what happens is he goes to dinner parties and people expect him to be funny hmm. and to be on all night and tell jokes. So he came up with this joke to stop people doing it. <laughs> you want to hear the joke? <laughs> yep. I'll yeah. give it my best. Yeah, but he doesn't present it as a joke. He's just telling the story at a dinner party. And he goes, oh, the other day my beautiful seven-year-old daughter came home and she said, Daddy, Daddy, I've just been at the park. And he goes, yeah, I know, I know. And, and, and she said, a, a man came up to me. And 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 a, and a stranger, and he said to come with him. Did you go with him? Yeah, yeah, I did. Now look, look, you can tell me. Oh, my God! So what happened? Well, he, we went behind the trees. Now look, darling, you can tell me anything. Feel comfortable in telling me. And please, don't, don't, just tell me. We went behind the trees, and he. He told me to take my my jeans off. Oh. And he goes, and, and what happened, darling? And he and she goes, I, I took them off. And 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 then what happened? And feel feel free to, to please tell me. It, it's important. And she goes, Well, nothing. Then he went away. And he goes, Oh, please, can't you make something up? <laughs> now, of course, the motion with that. Is that of self gratification? Now it's the worst joke you'll ever hear. It's yes. appalling. It is appalling. But he said he made it up because he knew once he told it, no one had ever asked him to tell a fucking joke at It's a very good call. My God, I was uncomfortable listening to that. It's a very. Oh come on, even that me. Makes something. <laughs> it's, a, it's a very good call. Isn't it? um, I reckon with afterlife, though, you got to look at it. Yeah, it you got to look at it, not like it's. Seinfeld or a sitcom, it's it's a story about life that happens to be funny rather than I don't think the laughs are the main thing about it. They're there, but it's more about it's more about life, I reckon. Yeah. And life happens to be funny from time to time. Yep. But, and miserable you know, and horrible and de- and depressing yeah. and and all those things. But and but he kind of finds a, a beauty in some of these horrible, terrible things. So sometimes I, it's cruel. I, I reckon his humour is very hit or miss. Like, yeah, I, I didn't like extras. Um, oh, I thought that was good. Yeah, I didn't really like it. I thought it was a sort of one-trick pony. Yeah, that's probably true. That went over, you know. All right, yeah, and and um, well, the office is a bit of a one-trick pony too, from his point of view. Yeah, I mean, I just, I really like the, I love the way he was able to, there was some pathos in The Office and in the end he has a, at the very last episode of The Office in England he has a sort of a win and sticks it up a few people and you're happy for him. Yeah, he's a complete, okay. completely inappropriate, you know, one of those, just one of those people in an office, you know, that and it happens to be the boss that just doesn't, you know, People can be very funny when they don't, when they misjudge their own importance yeah. and their abilities, yeah. and it's, it can be very comedy. funny. You're laughing at him most of the time. Pun. Character-driven comedy is the best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you're, you're than, laughing you know, at him most of the time, but you know when he, 
when he has a bit of a win in that last episode and and tells that smart ass mate of his whatever his name is to go f- himself, it was good. Yeah. So I haven't seen a lot of his work before Afterlife, to be honest. I've seen a bit of the stand-up. I've not watched The Office, not watched Extras. I watched a thing that he did, I think it was called Derek, which I watched one episode of and turned off. I haven't watched that. Yeah, no, I didn't I didn't care for that. Um, and, and he can, he can be, can be um, cruel. His comedy can be yep. very cruel. Um, and that – and sometimes – Sometimes you'll you'll see him do something with a character in Afterlife, and you just go, "Oh, Jesus! Why didn't that bloke hit him? Why didn't that person smash him in the head? Why didn't that person kick him in the ass or whatever?" And but then you kind of you you sort of see through that again a little later on. But yeah, I reckon he sits back. He'd go to a pub or something, and he'd just be analysing all the people around him, and they'd be going, "He began. This guy's a freaking tosser." And he'd note that. And then he goes away and he makes characters based on tosses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they are based and, on people. people. Yeah, That's like, what most comedians do. You know, he yeah, says something good in his stand-up about that, that he says a lot of people say, you know, because I come across as quite normal, you know, whatever, that they'd love to sort of meet me in a pub or sit next to me in a plate. He goes, well, it's not going to happen because I'm a yeah, millionaire <laughs> and I only fly first class and I certainly don't go to the pubs you people go to. <laughs> so you can, you, can, you can take that off your list if I let it into me. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's very true. Now, all right, let's talk about uh, some sport firstly. Uh, the Ashes are done and dusted, one uh, finished, the, the Poms are going home. Travis Head, the player of the series. Um Paddy Cummins, captaincy. Yeah, player of the series, player of the match in Hobart and player of the series overall. Had, I mean, it was a blanket finish, that player of the series. Would have thought so, yeah. yeah. You could have made a case for four or five of them. Hmm. I was surprised a batsman got the player of the series yeah. given. Like Scotty Boland would have been yeah. in there. He would have been the top He three. played a couple. Of, look, that hundred he made was magnificent. Scotty Boland? No, he had. The first one oh, or the last one? Travis. The second one. Yeah, the Just second one was pretty to, good. You know, that was in a low-scoring game. and Well, I like the fact that he'd got the job done. Yeah. Who, who, what, you, if you had to give me your preference now, which one's better, head or root? Head. Who would you have, who would you have, who would you have first, head or root? You'd probably, probably put head, head first. I'd probably have head first then and then root. I'd um, – then get root in after yeah. that, and yeah. then Peter yeah. sleep, and then sleep. Well, no, I might get that English uh, goalkeeper Seaman. Might get him, get him to sort of be involved. Yeah, the less you have to so do with head, head nautical. Yeah. You know that. Head root Seaman. No head root sleep, and then Misty Hyman. And if there was a player called Pizza, he'd get a run too. <laughs> Glad we got it down in the gutter. It's taken a while. <laughs> well, I, hey, it's the old get smart thing that, you know, they're the ones with the rude names, not me. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't even mentioned the possibility of Hussey playing or the it's fact wrong. there was a Pope in the side. <laughs> well, oh, I've been going all right in the uh, Big Bash uh, League. I have a bet with um, my mate Daryl. And we have a stubby on every game. And after the women's one, I was six down. Then I got down to, I think I was 11 down. 
you know, I had him 11 stubbies. Yeah. He now owes me four. How Jeez. can he get 15 games wrong in a row? <laughs> <laughs> Good betting. We have the. Uh, what do you think of Paddy Cummins' captaincy, Finey? Give him what. Well, give me a score out of ten. Um, given it was the first series, eight, seven, or eight. Yeah, it wasn't perfect. It definitely wasn't perfect, and he, you know, um, you know what they said about Bradman. No, you know, what, you know what, you know what, um, what's his name? I mean, he didn't. He had a lot of detractors, but oh, gorgeous. Do you, do you know what um, uh, um, Harvey said about Neil Harvey? Bradman? Pardon? Neil Harvey? Yeah. He said he, he said he had a very good record as a captain, but he was a very poor captain. He was just lucky that he had Bradman in his side. <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> and right. And Cummins at certain times was lucky that he had Cummins. Yes, he was. He was. Yeah. Uh, I think. I think we've seen. Have. Think we've seen the emergence of a, a new, a, a new star. I think this green is going to be the thing. If he yeah. can keep his body right, he can bowl and he can bat. And I think Cummins back to him. He should have pulled Kawaja in earlier on that fourth test. Right. That should have let it uh, go, he, Brian. It cost us the game. Let it go. I'm not Brian. blaming Kawaja this week. I'm saying that oh. decision should have been made. He should have made the tough call, but he didn't. And uh, consequently, they didn't. They got a draw. So it's only four nil instead of five nil. Yeah, they well, can talk a lot of things about this series, and they will. And they'll talk about how poor England were, and they didn't have much fight, which is true. Hmm. And they'll talk about Australia's bowling, etc. But in the discussion, I wonder how many people will mention some the true something that truly was brilliant in this series. The Which, commentary. No. Australia's catching. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah, we took some. Far out wicket, I mean, the wicket keepers, the, Kerry sometimes made some blues. God, did we take some good catches in the slips. I mean. Yeah, but the one that, the was, one that, the one that Warner dropped off Scotty Boland first ball to Wokes in the second, in the first innings of this test when he, he got, I forget who he got out, and then the next ball. Yeah, yeah. Straight down his throat. We dropped her and Smith dropped an absolute sitter. Um, in Sydney, I think it was. They ballooned to him. It came to him too slow. So we did. We we grasped a few, but we took some good oh. catches. That oh, catch yeah. Nathan I mean, Lyon you know, took that, in Gully I, was a beauty off Ben Stokes. I mean, Cameron Green's got a great pair of hands. Yeah, he has. He's a good fieldsman. Kawaja's catch at leg slip was brilliant. Did yes. you see Glenn Maxwell's one in the Big Bash League last night? Yeah, I did. No, I didn't. I've seen the footage oh. of it. Yeah. Better than anything that was in the test. Oh, catch of the year, but it's sort of like John Dyson on on um, uh, a trampoline. He he just sort of throws the amazing. arm out and off you go. Yeah, and yeah. he sort of had to sort of lean backwards to get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he's he's running back and, and throws the hand in the air and gets it. Yeah, nice one. Yeah, well, you you sort of pray for one of those sort of catches. Uh, now, uh, Ronnie yeah. Spector passed away. I wanted to mention that. Well, uh, fine, he's. Moved on as well. Yes, it's not, not he's, quite he's to that extent at the moment. Uh, no, nah, but he's, he's no longer. I can't see him anymore. Don't say he's no longer with us. Um, he's no longer <laughs> broadcasting. We can't see him on our screens. We now we now do this with screens, and we can, can see we each hear other. Him? Uh, he's there, fine. No, he's not there. 
No, he's not. He's no. gone from the screen, so he's gone completely. Here's me trying to not crap on too much this week. There you go. Well, uh, Ronnie Spector mm. died at the age of 78. Beautiful voice, great stage presence, lousy, uh, lousy uh, taste in men, but anyway, um, that yeah. happens. Um, 78 years of age, she uh, she unfortunately passed away. I'll, I'll save the other one to talk uh, about a little later when uh, when Finey returns. But now I want to ask you, Brian, the chart this week, yes. as we wait for Finey to come back, January 25th, 1980. I'll tell you what, um, it was possibly the worst one to read um, I had to get the, I'm just getting up the um, when you when you make it bigger on your phone it's easier to read I can, no it's not yes it is it's not it's just too yeah okay now I've got it up so I'm good to go <laughs> and what did I make of it um, a bit not not a great great chart I think there's a couple of there's a lot of sort of seven out of ten songs. There's hardly a nine in there, and there's a lot of fours, I reckon. Yes. What did you think? Um, I struggled to find anything that I was incredibly passionate about either way. Yeah. In yeah, terms I of think. there were there were there's some good songs in there. Um, yeah. And there's some there's some very ordinary songs. There's some absolute chockers, but um, yeah, nothing that uh, that I was really. Oh yes, it's great to hear that again. Or I'd forgotten about that song. Or um, knew them all just about. There was a few I had to refresh my memory with that I had completely forgotten. Um, things like Johnny Chester's "I Love You So, Rebecca," and um, I had forgotten about the Mentals' possible theme for a future TV drama series, which I had forgotten about that song. Which was nice yeah. to have a listen to that again. Um, I'd forgotten and, and I don't have any memory at all of uh, I'm an Aussie by Salvador Smith. I, I yes, you do. Of course you do. No, no. I'm as Greek as a Savlaki. That's it. Yep. That's the one. Yeah, I, I'd completely. find it on Spotify. It wasn't there. Yeah, no, I found it on YouTube. Um, I'd forgotten about it. I'd forgotten about, oh, try, the Smurf song. That's just one of those ridiculous things. Um, yeah. And I didn't, I didn't know the version of Locomotion. That was in this chart at number sixteen by a mob called Ritz. Um, Ritz, which this was nineteen eighty. Yeah. When did Kylie do her version of uh, Locomotion? Eighty six, I reckon. Yeah, there's a bit of there's a bit of Kylie's version of uh, Locomotion in this one. Right. Yeah, the way it's done, um, and I don't like it. Oh, I don't like the song terribly much. So, uh, yeah, so it was interesting. Uh, just before we jump into the chart, uh, the other uh, I mentioned Ronnie Spector passing away. I did want to uh, mention Scotty Palmer passing away at the age of eighty-four, finally. And I wanted uh, to get your thoughts on Scotty because I'm sure you would have had something to do with him over the Absolutely. years. Absolutely, yep. yeah, he was a ripper, Scotty. Very, you know, down to earth, really good old school journo of the old qualities and characteristics that simply do not exist anymore, you know. I was lucky enough to have, you know, develop a friendship and, and spend time on air with the quirky but old school Jeffrey Poulter. And, yeah. You know, that, you know, the old confidences kept and, you know, not going to ruin somebody's reputation to get a story. The polar opposite of the, of the, um, foot-in-the-door skunks that 
have prospered in recent years. Yep. And if you told the Scotty Palmer something, or even Jeffrey, uh, off the record, it was off the record. There was, yeah. and it didn't turn up later as a sources close to Brian Mannix told me that he didn't really get bitten by a shark. I did get bitten by a no, shark. No, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm. It was a tiger shark or a bull <laughs> shark, we're not sure. Yeah, it was a just, bullshit you know. shark, that's what it was. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, I, I totally agree with you, Finey, um, that that old school journalism is gone, unfortunately. And, and yeah, out for a drink would have seen plenty of things but never never would have considered them public, you know, fodder for, fodder for the public to further his own career. He, he was sort of, Lou Richards was sort of the first multimedia um, uh, star of footy, wasn't he? And then and then Scotty would have been the next one before before yeah. Sheehan and all those blokes. Yeah. I mean, Mike Williamson was up there. Oh, yeah, he was too. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, no, Scotty was great. Yeah, so sad that uh, he passed away at the age of yep. uh, 84. So. Yep. Uh, all the best to his uh, to his family and his uh, his many 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 friends in the in the industry. And if you uh, if you want to know what it, what he did in his career, read Glenn McFarlane's um, Herald Sun uh, story on it. The best one that I saw written in the in the last couple of days, and yeah, one was. of the few I saw where he didn't inject himself into it um, yep. uh, to to make the point of what the man was about. He talked about the man, not about him and the man. So yeah, great. Good bit of journalism. All right. Uh, Jan, what is it? January 25, 1980. Where were you and what were you doing, Brian? Um, I think I was probably – no, no, I just – yeah, I'm, I've am just finished uh, HSC or VCE as they oh, call it okay. today and um, I've got my results and I passed and I'm pretty happy about that and a lot of my friends are – getting jobs and doing things and I just feel like I'm wasting my time. I've, you know, I've been out of school and, you know, and um, ended up taking the first job I got Yeah, and was a big mistake. But, uh, yeah, it was an exciting time because I'd finished school and it was like, okay, there's a whole big world out there. Let's get, let's get into this. Where were you, Finey? 1980, January. Yeah, I was 14. I would have been playing a fair bit of cricket over that summer and starting to, um, yeah, no question about it, starting to explore the pleasures of, not the pleasures, just having good fun with the opposite sex, starting oh. out those journeys. Only at 14? Oh, I'm Is not saying we were doing heaps. You're an animal. I'm not saying we were doing heaps, not a, but... Oh. What are you, you know, talking? There do were you, pool parties, and yeah, we yeah. started. You know, the pool happened. party. Is it a pool party or a pool party? <laughs> a pool, a swimming pool. Two O's, right, okay. Mannix. But oh, I, you know, I was mad about O's. sport. I was playing cricket. It was at the time of World Series cricket because I went to a bit yep. of World Series cricket. Yep, there's a World Series cricket song in this chart. Yeah, I went. I went to VFL Park and watched the rest of the world play the Australian Second Eleven. Yep. And I handed my mini cricket bat. There was very few people there, but it was great. It was a really hot day. And I handed my bat to um, the guy at Fine Leg who was Garth McKenzie. What's his name? Graham McKenzie? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he was playing. Yeah, he was great bowler. Um, and he said, yeah, no worries. And he took the pen, this is during the game, and passed it to every player. Like, really? you know, they pass it around. Was a bat someone had in the the only player I didn't get was the keeper Dennis Yagmich. 
Oh, dented the Western Australia. Yeah, there yeah, you go. I mean, it was the second 11. It was really weird players were playing in it. Yeah, well, Graham McKenzie would have been well past his prime then. He, his prime yeah. was sort of the early 70s, and he, I think he took. He was Australia's leading wicket taker, I think, him, him or Benno, uh, 240-something test wickets. He's a yeah, great bowler. Yeah. I mean, it was, a, it was just a weird collection of players, and it was sort of a, a second world 11 as well because the main players were off playing somewhere else. There were some odd players out. There was great fun. Oh, okay. Well, there is a come on, Aussie, come on uh, single in this uh, chart. It's the new era version, which was the one where they had the West Indians um, singing as well. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And it was the one, it was the the nearest thing we got to a reunification um, uh, come on, Aussie, come on, because it mentions Border and Hughes and all that. I had to listen to it this afternoon. Um, but it mentions Lily and Tomo and Pasco and all those blokes too and the Chapel Brothers. So uh, that's in there. Uh, now, let me read you the top 10 from this. January 25, 1980. Number 10 is Driver's Seat by Sniffing the Tears. Nine is No More Tears. Enough is Enough by Donna Summer and Barbara Streisand. It's enough tears. Number eight is Dreaming My Dreams With You by Colleen Hewitt. Seven is Cars by Gary Newman. Six, Message in a Bottle by The Police. Five, Blame It on the Boogie by The Jacksons. Uh, four is Babe by Styx. Three is Video Killed the Radio Star by The Buggles. Two is Don't Stop to Get Enough by Michael Jackson. And the number one song was Casey and the Sunshine Band with Please Don't Go. The number one album was ELO's Greatest Hits. So, hit me with your number three, good and bad. Mr Mannix, you may begin. Oh, okay. Um, well, I think for bad, we'll just launch straight into the Smurf song as the uh, – that's just an annoying piece of little bubble gum, so that's oh. that's kind of shit. And and Father Abraham, who did that, looked like he missed he, – he failed the audition for ZZ Top and went to Germany and cracked the shits. Yeah, well, it's just – well, I think shits is the – Key word of yep. this one, Kev. Just awful. Um, so my number three good mm-hmm. is um, there's a couple of good ones here. Um, and I think I might put in – look, I'm going to put this one in. Um, it's not my favourite song, but it's it kind of just was really brave in the choices it made with the recording. Like nothing else sounded like this. So I'm talking about Gary Newman with Cars. Yep. And, you know, there's hardly a guitar in it and it's this massive big keyboard sounds, which were good keyboard sounds. And um, it kind of sort of, you know, every band had to have a keyboard player after that. And I think it sort of did um, did make a really big impact worldwide and on how you could make a record and how different it could be. So... Number three, Cars by Gary Newman. Okay, and we talked to him on the Life of Brian podcast there about oh, he's s- one of our mates. six months ago and he's still he's still going along nicely. Finally, number three, good and bad. Well, just in the number three, bad, uh, this one didn't quite make my top three bad, but I agree with that, you know, that Smurf song, stupid voices, you know, hard to understand stupid voices. Of course, I'm not talking about that song. I'm talking about beautiful people by Australia. <laughs> but my my number three bad is, I guess, I guess this is because I saw the film clip, and, and I understand not spending a lot of money on a film clip. Um, I also don't like the idea of seemingly using an underage girl in the film clip because she didn't look 18 to me. Yeah. Um, but old old black eyes, John English with hot towel. Oh. Like, 
I didn't like the song anyhow. No. But so I didn't think much of the song. Um, but I hated the film clip. So that's my number three bad. Okay. Number 40 on this chart, Johnny English. I will say this, that my top three good, if it was a trifecta and you guys had to pick it, this trifecta would pay $91,000. There is no way you'd pick my top three. Okay. Wow. That's... So number three is a song I swear I have not heard since 1980. I completely forgot it, but I did remember it when I heard it. It's certainly not the greatest song of all time. But, boy, this band had a red-hot crack and went nowhere. <laughs> They're called The Aliens and the song oh. is called Confrontation. And yep. I just I just liked it at the time. Yeah, sure, you had a stutter in the chorus. Confrontation. But, you know, they went on Countdown and had a red-hot go and I liked it. So I'm putting it in the number three good. Yep. Do you know what happened to that band? That band was that band was great live. They were terrific. I know Ronnie Gonzo used to go and see them all the time. I they had a real crack, didn't they? Oh, they were great. They were a great live band. Yeah. And then a guy called David Tickle, I think it was, yeah. came out and produced their album. And it's just got no balls at all. It's sort of like it didn't reflect what they were like live. Did they and support yeah. UK Squeeze and the Police? On their oh, tours? I reckon I saw Quite that when probably. I was looking them up today. Yeah, they were kind of like the Angels live, but on the record they're kind of like piss-weak version of the Cockroaches. Yeah. But I, I, I love the song. It's a great song, but I just think that producer let them down. Fair enough. All right. Mm-hmm. My number three, bad. Oh, gee, there are some. Uh, well, I've just got a, I, I have a, a set against this band. Um, and mm. and though that this is not their worst song ever, it has to go on my bads because I just uh, – sorry. Can we just lay off James Rain? No, you, no, no. Mind. No, James is actually in my good list. Um, good. Because it's not a bad song. There's, you can't understand a word he says, but it's not a bad song. No, Boney M, sorry. It's not – it isn't their worst song, but it's still a bloody awful song. It's called Gotta Go Home. I think it was their mm. – uh, the last thing they did on stage before they left, so everyone got all excited about it in the clip I saw because I think they realised the concert was about to end and they were pretty happy about it. So it's number 31 on this chart. Got to go home by Boney M. My number three good, Brian, you'll love this. Oh, I think I'm really going to be careful. You're ready, Brian? It's number oh, okay. 13 in this chart. It's the I Charlie Daniels it. band and the oh, devil no, went down no, to no, Georgia. No, no, no. Come on, Kev. Yes, I love it. Come on, Kev. I love that song. You're upsetting our listeners by saying that. I don't care who I'm upsetting. I like that song, and it's my number three good. So just lay off the acid a bit. Just whack that one in your uh, your shark bite uh, there, Manix. All right, what do you got for me? I've got to see a specialist tomorrow to see if I need a skin graft. So just, you know, come on, a bit of respect. Right. A bit of empathy, Kev. Mm. Okay. (laughs) Go on. What's your number two? Okay, what am I doing? My bad ones. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, okay, I want to go for uh, number 13. That's the dead one down to Georgia. That's the – it's shitful. I cannot stand it. Oh, I don't know why anybody likes it. It's a horrible melody. It's So you're going to put that in your oh, bags, right. are you? I don't, yeah, that's right. number two bad. Okay. Now, number two good. Because mm. a shark. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and I've got to just. Um, I thought I thought you would have number thirty five would have 
jumped into your goods. Number 35. Number 35. Oh, I didn't see that No, yet. I thought. Yeah, okay, I, I'm chucking that in, number 35. thought so. My good friends, the radiators, coming home. Don't worry. Da, 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 it's all right. Da, 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 yeah. I'll be coming home to see you tonight. Yep. Yeah, that's great. I love the Rads. They're a great band. Every band. Why did every band, and I, I say this lovingly, all sort of sound like son of the angels. Everyone sounded like they'd been to an angels party, caught a bit of it, and gone off and written a yeah. couple of songs. Well, I think it started with the Sex Pistols. Is that what the starting was? Okay. You play what we call eights. So you go, and you sort of deaden the strings with your palm as you do it. And that was kind of basically the punk rock sound. Yep. So if you were writing a pop song, you didn't strum it, you played it like that, because that was the sound of now at okay. the time. Okay. Okay. All right. Thank you. Thank you, uh, Dr. Rock, for that, uh, that explanation. Oh, very good. Uh, Mr. Fine, number two, good and bad. Number two, bad. There's nothing I hate more than a classically trained singer who delves into pop music, and I think that's what I'm dealing with here. Mm-hmm. She wrote it, she sang it, and I doubt we ever heard from her again. Her name's Ellen Foley with her oh, wonderful Dixon. No. A beautiful Dixon and powerful singing. <laughs> we belong, we to, belong the night. to the night. <laughs> Ellen Foley, now I'll, I stand to be corrected here. Uh, I'm not, I didn't Wikipedia this or, or this is down in Muscon. I'm sure she was the voice on the meatloaf. On, I reckon you might be right, On Kev. some of the meatloaf stuff. Now, I don't know whether it was Indeed, all yeah. of the meatloaf stuff, but some of the meatloaf stuff. And, and doesn't that We Belong to the Night, is that the song, Finey? Yeah. Is that the Pat yeah, Benatar like song? Pat Benatar, yeah. Or did Pat Benatar do it as well? Yeah, I'm not sure. I, I don't, I didn't, it's one of the songs I didn't listen to, uh, but Ellen Foley, I'm sure, had the meatloaf connection. So that may poor explain bitch. a few things there for you, Finey. <laughs> poor bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Can I catch, catch a break? Uh, number two, good. Now, you reckon we're not going to guess any of your three, so where are we going here? All right. Now, there was an English version of this. There was another version of this. But I'm telling you that the original version of this is a very powerful, it's actually a brilliant song. So the old mate, Umberto Tozzi. Wow. Oh. Gets in at yes. number two with Ti Amo. Yeah. It's a great song. Yeah, it's uh, great. Did Laura Oric Brannigan is. do that? Yeah, of course she yeah, she, she, up. Stu- she does it. <laughs> she jumped all over it. Because yeah, what's really – Somebody else – Sorry, like, Kit. You know, sorry, it means man. I love you. So, of course, somebody else – Yeah. I, uh, you know, the English version. But Umberto Topsy, I don't know what became of old no, no. UT. Yeah. But <laughs> UT. <laughs> Umberto, like the thing about it is he's – He's Italian, I believe. And, you bet he um, is. Yeah, no, he's and, he's, <laughs> and, you know, they're passionate. Which, which the Italians. Like, at the start of the song, Umberto, he can barely get the words out. He's just that heartbroken. He goes, Ti amo, ti And by the end of it, he's going, Ti amo, ti He's just going berserk and it's just the range where he starts to where he finishes and it's just so passionate and I bought the album actually. Oh, I'm so pleased that that has not been poo-pooed. 
No, no, I'm a big fan of it. I play it probably once a month. Brilliant. I, you know, I reckon that should be a verb doing a totsy. <laughs> Oh. Just yeah, letting rip. Go. There you go. Just there's, having a red hot crack. There's a surprise. Ti Doing a totsy. Amo, ti amo, ti cola, ti you know what? Oh, yeah. With some of these songs, why I don't particularly like them is because when you worked in commercial radio, top 40 radio, you played all these songs, and it was almost impossible to find something to play either side of those of a song like that one that. Didn't make your sound your program sound like shit because no matter what you played before or after it, it just didn't fit. But you had to play because it was on the top forty and what is it number eleven on this this chart? Well, so, Kev, I think the answer was right in front of you. Um, you do TMO and then you put on the Smurf song. It oh, works perfectly for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. My number two good is uh, uh, no, sorry, my number two bad. Um, oh, look, I don't. Don't like, I don't take delight in putting Australian songs in here, but sometimes you just have to do it. And mm. Goosebumps by Christy Allen, number 26 on this, is just, sorry, just saccharine, horrible. Great pop song. Oh, no, it's not. Yeah, give me Goosebumps, Heart Thumbs, That's makes it. my body jump. Well, yeah. here we go. That's well, look it. at that. Here we are, in 50 years later, we're still talking about the song and we still remember it. I remember it. It's got to be something. Fondly, though, Finey? Oh, no, not at all. Yeah. I see? never fondled her either. <laughs> I never fondled oh, her. Oh, stop it. I tried. Uh, um, yes. I met her before she died uh, and um, I said, can I get one of your boobs into a headlock? And she declined and um, then later died. So I'm sorry, Chris. Okay. Uh, should have let me give you that chest massage. My <laughs> number two good is, uh, is Sean O Something by Kiss. I like that song. Yes, I bet. Paul Stanley turns 69 later on this week. Uh, and I, uh, of course he turns 69. <laughs> he does. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, and I love the start of it, I love just the way it starts, that little bass run that they have in it, and I just reckon that's one of those just really good little kiss. I don't like kiss much, but um, mm. that's one I really do like. I reckon yeah. kiss, I, reckon kiss I, I never saw them live. Did either of you two ever see them live? No. As I used to argue on my radio show mm. with certain fans of Kiss, to me they were just a novelty band with painted faces and one or two good songs. That's mm. <laughs> <laughs> about right. <laughs> Nailed that one for yeah, me. You don't, want to, you, you don't want to expand on that a bit more finally. You've got, got it in uh, one. <laughs> <laughs> it's a joke. Yeah, fair enough. Um, they probably wouldn't have cut it as a pub band in Australia, you know, if, the, if you think about it. But live, obviously, they're much better. But that's a good song. I like that one. Righto. Number one, Brian Maddox, Good okay. and Bad from January 25, 1980. Number one. It's the number four song on this. And, you know, I didn't even bother to refresh my memory with this song because I know who's recorded it. Oh, this is your bad, do you? Okay. Oh, Kevin Beamish. Who produced our second album as the producer of this? He's just a soft cock. <laughs> and this band, cocks don't get any. Has softer. he been on Life of Brian, Kevin Beamish? No, no, he hasn't. No, <laughs> no, and he's not <laughs> likely to get on either. Um, you know, no, no, no. Um, Who did, whose record did he produce that you brought up the other week? And we mentioned that he's a member of REO Speedwagon. REO Speedwagon, this is the other band that he was big on doing. And I but who else did he produce here in Australia that you mentioned the other day came out? Oh, and Angry Anderson. He That's did right. suddenly. That's right. When it, you know, and he tried to push a, a sh equally shit-ass ballad upon us. But yep. 
I had the backbone to say, no, stick it up your ass. Yep. So, well, I got my manager to do that anyway. Anyway, but the other band that he worked on is Styx. And talk about yacht rock, soft cock, bullshit crap. I just, be a man, you know. Just, just be a man. Just stop it. Okay. You know, it's just, I don't know, it's like he's had his balls cut off. It's just. So the song is? Oh, everything about sticks, anything. It's, Babe. It's just, you know, the only sticks you want to know about is a stick of marijuana. You can get it for about 20 bucks, but that's okay. it. No, no sticks. Babe no. by sticks, the number four song on that chart. Babe by sticks. Now, I reckon mm. I might, um, you know, it's funny said that um, we'll never guess what his number top three are. I reckon I might have his number one here. You reckon you're sharing a number one with him, you reckon? I reckon I might be. Mm-hmm. And I love this band. This song, they sound a lot like Lou Reed, which I also love. And I'm talking of the Angels, number 28, Out of the Blue. Out of the Blue. Baby. A really out interesting Angels song. In fact, there's other yeah. songs on this top on this chart that sound more like the Angels than the Angels song on this chart does. Yeah, they sound more like Lou Reed on this one. Yeah. But uh, it's kind of like Son of Be With You, this song. But I, I love this song. I thought it was great. Okay. Out of the I Blue, your number one. So your your keyboards. Your three, uh, your three mm. bad ones, The Smurf Song, The Devil Went Down to Georgia and Babe by Sticks, and your three good ones, Cars by Gary Newman, uh, coming home by the radiators and out of the blue by the angels. Okay, I'm really happy with that. Okay, Finey, your number one good and number one bad. Where are we going? All right, number one bad. Look, this band shipped me the first time I saw them, <laughs> <laughs> and they were overplayed. And they had two hits, I reckon, that were played over and over again. They look stupid. They act stupid. <laughs> so when you get a third song that never even you know, I found oh. out it, it reached number two in South Africa. Well, that says it all. I mean, <laughs> that, that was during the period of apartheid. So obviously the, obviously the coloured folk weren't voting because they got rhythm. <laughs> Kepler Vessels bought 100,000 copies. Clint Garfleroux. Yeah. yeah, everything there was crooked at the times. Probably Hansi Cronier was behind it. Anyhow, so... <laughs> <laughs> So the one thing is, I guess it might have been a, a bit of a myth because they kept repeating the chorus. I, they never got out of the chorus. They repeat the chorus 14 times okay. in the first 828 lines. And, and they say things like, you know, we went out last night on a date and all I can say is, wink, wink, boy, oh, boy. I've got a feeling that this is the, the song that Racy tells their parents they're all gay. <laughs> <laughs> boy, oh boy! Yes, they were. They were some band, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. Lay your love on me. Oh. If that, if that didn't cause some brain damage, I'm, you know, I can honestly blame some of my stupidity and some <laughs> of my irresponsibility on lay your love on me. And was the other one some girls will and some girls won't? Was that the, yeah, that was them, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, which leads on to boy, oh boy. I think the whole thing was just a long-winded way of telling the world that they, you know, <laughs> parked, you know, they dropped anchor in Poo Bay. But that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. That's all right. Oh, fair enough. 
Well, if you listen to their album, there's a song. Oh, who's ever listened to their bloody album, for God's sake? This is why I'm telling you, because I didn't think anybody would have. But they've got a song on it, I think it's called Vicky. Oh, really? And that's actually the Tony Basil song. Yeah, that is, yeah. Tony Basil. Oh, Mickey. And she changed, because she liked Mickey Dolan, so she made it Mickey, and that's the song. And um, I actually met the the main singer in uh, Racy. Um, it was after it was the second countdown spectacular when they had Supernaut and they got Samantha Fox out here and they had Racy and I think the guy from Pilot and oh all yeah that yeah stuff. yeah and where was Sailor? Here's the guys from <laughs> Racy and I tell you what, it, like this little chubby Englishman with you know his hair sort of thing and oh hello you want a spot of tea and all this sort of bloke he's just like. Fuck, would anybody even know you were still the guy in yeah. that band? You yeah. just looked like some bloke, you know, and buy you a pot at the pub. Anyway. <laughs> uh, all right, Fanny, now has do you share a number one with with uh, Mannix or have you is he No 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 I don't. Oh, sorry, oh, I there you go. Interjecting yeah. again. I'm not a, I've got to tell you, I'm not a huge fan of Michael Jackson. In fact, I'm not a fan of Michael Jackson. Right. Mm. When he was Michael Jackson, but God, he was gorgeous in the Jacksons or the Jackson Five, and that is their best song, "Blame It on the Boogie." Yeah, I, I agree mean, with that. They dance and they move, and that is a disco song to beat yeah. the band. And also, when I played cricket, a good mate of mine—he was a very good cricket. He played. He was captain of Richmond Seconds. Played a lot of Richmond ones. He was the physiotherapist for Richmond when they won the nineteen eighty premiership. Steve Sandor. Okay, yeah. And we used to, you know, I'd open the batting, he'd bat at number three. And we had a few batsmen in the team that were good in the nets but not good in the middle. Mm. Now, we used to play them some pretty shitty uncovered wickets and we used to always say, you know, don't blame it on the umpire. Don't blame <laughs> it on the <laughs> – yeah, they always had an excuse. Blame it on the wicket. Blaming on the curator, they always, you know, say blaming on the boogie was a bit of an anthem that we use for a few of our batsmen. But I actually like the song, so blaming yeah. on the boogie. There you go. So Finey's come oh. up with uh, the three bad hot town by John English, uh, we belong to the night by Ellen Foley, and oh boy, oh boy, by Racy. No arguments there. Uh, number three, good confrontation by the aliens. Um, Tiamo by Umbuto Totsi and uh, number one, blame it on the boogie by the Jacksons. There you go. I think the Jackson one too, you know, if you can write a hit single about picking your nose, I just think that's, that's <laughs> incredible. It's incredible. It's well done. It's incredible. It's probably great. Let me tell you that. It's great. Blame it on the boogie. I don't blame it on the boogie. I blame it on Joe Biden. <laughs> you're just ignoring me. Yeah, no, I'm just, I'm, I've always told oh, you. You do a very, you do yeah, a very you do good, good Trump. You do a good Trump. Oh, I mean, he had, a, he had a rally yesterday. Oh, God, he's funny. He was out throwing hats to everybody like he's Bon Jovi. And yeah, it was funny. Anyway, see, sorry. Bon Jovi, see, McDonald's are using Living on a Prayer as a Bon Jovi, uh, uh, the Bon Jovi you know song what? in their it's ads. It's actually the first time I've thought that is. Exactly what Bon Jovi was put on the planet for. It's an ad that has yes. a group of islanders in a van, and one of them needs to go to the toilet. 
So they go to Macca's. He needs a piss. <laughs> that's why they go to Macca's. He yep. says, I've got, you know, I've got to go to the toilet. I've got to go to the, you know. And that's living on a prayer. That That's exactly <laughs> what their music's good for. I think you also need to go the, If you need to go to the crapper. <laughs> well, you know, you have a Big Mac and then about half an hour later you need a Big McShit. But um, oh, I that, think that's the, called for. Bon Jovi McDonald's connection is perfect because Bon Jovi is the McDonald's of rock. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what they are. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Okay. And they've got a pickle in there too. They've got a couple of pickles in there. All right. <laughs> now, my number three, bad and good. My number one, uh, bad and good, sorry. Uh, my, my number one, I, I said to, to Brian earlier, there's nothing in this chart that I'm really passionate about in terms of there's a song that goes, oh, yeah, I love that song. Yeah, there's, yeah. there's not there's not one song in here that I I would would make my top, probably my top 50 um, songs of all time. But, uh, yeah, I... I uh, I do like I do like Cheap Trick and I do like Dream Police, so I'm going to whack uh, Dream Police in at number one. Uh, okay. Uh, probably just ahead of, of uh, Australian Crawl's Beautiful People. And number one, Bad, and this bloody song is getting a revival through an ad where they've done a parody of it um, and it was on all through the cricket uh, that I was watching last night, uh, the last day of the Ashes. So they've done a parody where they've, they're two blokes walking along, they're mowing the lawn and... Uh, Instead of if you like pina colada, it becomes if you like woody and cola, and it's Woodstock bourbon and cola. Um, so they've done a parody of with these two dorks. I don't know who they are. Um, so Escape by uh, Rupert Holmes, the pina colada song, uh, makes it to my number one bad. And it probably wouldn't have except this bloody ads driving me mad. I'm happy with that. So my my three are uh, Boney M, Got to Go Home, Goosebumps by Christy Allen and Escape by Rupert Holmes. And the goodies are The Devil Went Down to Georgia, Brian. Uh, Sean knows something from Kiss and uh, Dream Police by Cheap Trick. Now, we love your thoughts. I want to make it clear Mm -hmm. that we Mm -hmm. are not bagging Woodstock bourbon and cola because – None of us like have drunk it, and I know that none of us have drunk it because all three of us are still alive. <laughs> and if they and if they'd like to send us some Woodstock and coal, send to you. Try, we'd be happy to. Yeah. We'd be happy to test out the products on the show, wouldn't we, Kev? You can by all means. Um, Woodstock I would and coal. Ra- I would rather. I would rather drink the. I would rather drink what is the collective sweat in a batsman's box after a double century <laughs> than Woodstock and coal. Well, why don't we see if we can get the collective sweat from a, a, a from a batsman's box? Yeah, and then we'll do the the taste test. We'll have the 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 sweat, and then we'll have the woodstock. Yeah. Is there any other products that we'd be happy to try out for Kev? You know, they might be listening and say, "Oh, well, you know, they'd really like." Well, feel free that. to jump on our Facebook page or our Twitter account and uh, and. Uh, uh, Offer donations of any description and we'll let you know. We'll get out. Well, have a guess what I found this week. What? Remember I told you some months ago about something I saw on TV? Mm-hmm. So I went to – we've got a – in Claremont Street, South Yarra, there's a very extensive Asian grocery store. Oh, they're going to say hooker. And, <laughs> and they, they – no, that's – Actually, there used, to be a knock, there used to be a knock shop down Claremont Street because <laughs> Claremont Street is a street with Melbourne High in it, and this is fair income. There yeah, used to be a knock shop right next to Melbourne absolutely. High School. But it went broke because they, they had very expensive Asian hookers. But you're talking not about the hookers but no. the rest of them. Yes. Well, what? you know the problem about an Asian, going to an Asian hooker? 
Oh, I don't don't I say 10 minutes problems. later you want another one. Yeah, just... an, hour after, an, hour, an hour after the week. Like <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, I mean. And whatever you do, it. don't let him drive you home. Yeah, stop it. Did you say 10 minutes, Kevin? Your yeah. powers of recovery must be magnificent. <laughs> um, so in that supermarket, yes. they've got a range of Japanese meals with the automatic heating system. Ah, yes. You, know, you just pull that. Yeah, so and it does it itself. Yeah, you buy the meal and it cooks itself. It's brilliant. Beautiful. Should be more of that. I remember when you told us about well, that. Why don't they send us in some and we can try them out on the show? Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, let our listeners know whether this is a product that they should think well, like, I, I know just... that they'd listen to the show because when I go to the cash register to pay, they can't understand the word I say. So I'm sure they'd listen to an hour or so. <laughs> <us talking>. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Yes, they, would, uh, they would love it. Uh, now, now, look, I've already got a message from somebody and they'd like to give us some cocaine to try out on next week's show. And <laughs> yeah, we'll, good on you, Brian. Uh, why why doesn't that surprise me? An offer for some crystal meth. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, we're going well. Yeah, we've gone from Woody and Cola to, uh, to all sorts of goodies. And Johnny, Johnny down the road has built his own still. Um, so he's got some homemade vodka and uh, oh, it's get the grappa go. The Italian bloke's got the grappa, yep. so yep. it could be a great show. Oh, it'll be terrific, sensational. No one, yeah. will no, no one will notice the difference with you, Brian, but with uh, finding out they might. <gasps> oh, gay! There you go. Uh, and that is another edition of uh, Rock and Roll Done and Dusted. Thank you, uh, Mister Mannix. Go and tend you, to your yeah. wounds and make sure that you, the, your friends don't dangle you over the boat next time and use you for shark bait. I'm going shark hunting. Oh, this yeah. time it's personal. I want revenge. You need a bigger boat. Uh, thank you, Mr Fine. Always good to catch up with you and always good to see you and uh, and hear from you. And always. It's, yeah. it's an absolute pleasure. And every week when Brian logs in, <laughs> I can sleep comfortably because <laughs> I know that this man lives life on the edge. Thank, I've, I've said it before and I'll say it again. Thank God for Warwick Kappa. <laughs> what he does, he tunes in and he feels good to keep goes because he thinks to himself, well, I'm not that much of a dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. no I, I always, and I say this, whenever I get off the show, I talk to my missus. She asks always what you're up to and I said, you know what? Shark. That guy is a genuine yeah. rock star. <laughs> and Absolutely. Goes, and she goes, what do you, you know, and I said, he just can. He just does things that, and survives things that only blocks <laughs> getting arrested, shark, getting bitten by sharks. Ah, uh, look. All right, we'll see you next week, boys. Take care. Thanks, Kev. Thanks, Ronnie. Bye now. You've just experienced rock and roll. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Facebook. You're gonna need a bigger boat.